welcome back to the Dogdom Show, your source for valuable training techniques, unique canine behavioral theory, and the latest and greatest in food, nutrition, and great dog gear. I am Lacey Charbonneau, and as always, I will be your hypnotic host as we take on today's episode, Don't Hate the Crate, where we will break down the subject of crating your dog and go in-depth into why the crate is used, how to use it, and which one works best. As always, any products we talk about and or recommend on the show can be found on our website, thedogdompodcast.wixsite, that's W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com forward slash subscribe. Go to Get Your Gear Here to see our selection of products that we think rise above the rest in overall function, longevity, and of course, cost. Links to these products and special offers can be found here as well. As always, be sure to subscribe to our show so you will be the first to know when our next episode is live, as well as any special offers we're able to dig up for you. You can find us on iTunes and the podcast app, as well as the Google Play Store. Just type The Dogdom into the search bar and click on the Dogdom logo. First things first, let's get to everyone's favorite part of the show. It's time for the Dogdom community's Dog of the Day announcement. Now today we have a very special shout out and I thought it was important as you guys join in with us on the ground floor of this movement, which is to design a community of dog lovers who support the idea of working with troubled dogs and their behavioral issues to prevent these dogs from winding up in shelters or being euthanized, as well as promoting the use of positive and gentle training techniques and the idea of having a deeper understanding of communication in the human dog bond. So we and our dogs can coexist prosperously and not with animosity or contempt on either side of the bond. So for today's dog of the day, I want to introduce you guys to my dog and co-host of the Dogdom Show, because she is here with us in every episode, as I guess we can call her the deep sleep technician. Her name is Rooster, and she is a four-year-old American chocolate Labrador. This just means she doesn't have that smush face and boxy head that the English Labradors tend to have. As with all Labradors, she plays fetch like her life depends on it, and the tennis ball eclipses everything in life, except for food. She lives with me here in beautiful Seattle, Washington, where she enjoys all Seattle has to offer, from swimming in the Puget Sound, playing with salmon in the Cowlitz River, and hiking any of the hundreds of trails in the Mount Rainier National Forest. She is the living proof of a lot of these training techniques, and is one of the most easy-going, well-rounded dogs I have ever had. She is the mascot here at the Dogdom Studio, and today she has earned a shout-out and her week as the star of our show. To see a picture of Rooster, visit our website and go to the Dog of the Day page. For a chance to have your dog on the show and featured on our website for the week, send us an email to thedogdompodcast at gmail.com with Dog of the Day in the subject line. Include a photo of your dog or dogs, and tell us a little about them and your family. So I want to start off first by answering the question, why have a crate in the first place? To some of you, this may be obvious, but I feel the answer may answer a little more than you expect. So dogs are considered a species of animals that falls under the category of denning animals. What this means is that they have this inherent feeling of both the need to den as well as claustrophilia, which is basically the opposite of claustrophobia, meaning they have a love for closed in spaces and a real feeling of safety in these tight places. This is apparent when you see your dog scratching at a bundle of blankets and usually what happens is he will be on your bed and go over to your freshly made comforter and scratch and tug at it until he's made a beautiful mess of it. What he's doing here is not being vindictive, I promise. He's actually making the place where he wants to lay down and relax 
from an open space to a more closed-in tight place by walling up the sides of the blankets so he can duck down into the blanket. Dogs that have the unfortunate circumstance of being chained outside will sometimes be seen doing this to the ground, where they'll actually dig a hole and go to sleep inside this hole. The idea is very similar to the idea of a bedroom for people. Let me ask you a question. Let's say I took you out to the forest to a cabin. Now, this is not some horror story, okay? Imagine we're going on a fishing trip or something. The point is that you are out of your element, so you're a little unsure of your surrounding. And let's be honest, the woods are always creepy at night. Alright, so in this scenario, there were two places to sleep, and I gave you first pick, which would you choose? The first is the only bedroom, which has one window and a normal-sized bed and a door that can close. The second option is to sleep on the pull-out couch in the living room. Now, for argument's sake, let's say that the pull-out bed is just as comfortable as the bed in the bedroom, and this was common knowledge. The living room that the couch is in is surrounded by panoramic windows from floor to ceiling, so it appears the walls that stand between you and the woods are made of glass, and you're surrounded by these glass walls to the woods. So you can choose the bedroom with normal walls and a door, or the living room with glass walls and the couch in the middle of the open cabin. And yes, both have equal access to the facilities. Most of you are going to pick the bedroom because, let's be honest, when the sun goes down and you're trying to close your eyes, and all you see is the dark forest staring back at you with nothing but glass between you and these woods, you're going to feel vulnerable and maybe even too scared to sleep. This is the idea when it comes to dogs in the crate. The crate acts as a den or bedroom for your dog, making him feel comfortable and less vulnerable when he's left alone, so he can relax, and this also acts as a really successful deterrent for separation anxiety. The crate is your dog's personal space, a safe place where he can retreat to when he needs some quiet time or if he's starting to feel unsure of his environment. This is a good place to keep his toys and put his food bowl next to as well. The great thing about the crate is that it's portable, so his safe place can go with him wherever you guys travel. Don't you wish you could bring your bedroom with you on the road? The kennel has a benefit to you as the human. It gives you the peace of mind that your best friend is safe when you're not at home to keep an eye on him. Real quick, I want to go over some general rules to keep in mind when it comes to utilizing the kennel. Keep in mind that things may vary from situation to situation, but for the most part, these are pretty basic and can be applied across the board. In no particular order, number one, never, ever, ever use the crate for punishment. There is absolutely a place in training for taking away attention from your dog and putting him on a timeout, so to speak, but the crate is no place for this. Some of you may be asking why not, and here's why. The entire purpose of the crate is to give your dog a place that is his to feel safe in and to recover from feelings of vulnerability and apprehension. The last thing that you want to do is have your dog associate punishment with the crate. This is where canine behavior and the human-child mentality may differ, obviously. When a kid gets in trouble, you send him to his room. But a dog lacks the mental superiority to not make the association between the disappointment and punishment of a timeout and the kennel itself. This is something we want to avoid entirely, so when you do this technique, pick a different place to enforce it or just ignore him instead. Number two, never keep anything destructible or dangerous in or around the kennel. This is pretty self-explanatory, but things to keep in mind here are stuffed toys, toys with squeakers in them, rawhide, because you know, when they get to that last piece, they tend to try to swallow it and end up coughing it back up and it can get a little dicey around the end there. So these are meant to be chewed and you're 
supervision anyway. So avoid rawhide in there. Avoid plastic bowls or anything they can chew up. Now, the other thing I want to point out here is make sure you look at what is surrounding your kennel as well. So let's say you have a lamp that's plugged into the wall that's pretty close to it in proximity. If he can reach his arm out there and pull that thing to him, he's most likely going to if he gets bored enough and we don't want your dog getting electrocuted or anything like that. So make sure the surrounding area around your crate is dog proof as well. Number three, always keep water attached to the side of the crate not just sitting there in a bowl that's on the floor. This avoids spills and your dog living in a swamp until you get home. Number four, always keep either blankets or padding or both in the kennel. If your dog is a chewer, then use pads instead of blankets. This avoids pressure sores on your dog's elbows and hips. And obviously we want these guys to be comfortable and actually enjoy the kennel. Digging at blankets is a part of the denning experience. So when you get your blankets, just toss them in there and let them go in there and make himself at home. Now, I want to go back here, and I, I mentioned uh, padding. So when you go into most dog stores next to where they keep the crates, you'll see those really large, flat, square-shaped beds. Those are pads that are usually exact dimensions of the crates that they fit to. And these are great overall, as long as your dog's not, not a super chewer, you know, because they are stuffed. So these are great to prevent those sores and, and to keep it comfortable, but you also need to add blankets in there so that he can move it around and make himself nice and comfy. Number five, time restrictions for the kennel. For adult dogs, no more than six hours at any one time maximum should be spent in the kennel unsupervised alone or without being let out to go to the bathroom. For growing puppies, the general rule is one hour for every month of age at any one time, up to a six-hour maximum. This means, for example, a four-month-old puppy should not spend more than four hours in the kennel without being let outside to exercise and go to the bathroom. This is important for potty training, but also for quality of life in general. You wouldn't want to be cooped up in one place for more than six hours without stretching your legs or using the bathroom, so we have to be fair and not expect it from your dog either. Number six. Along with the time rule comes the exercise rule. So after you let your dog out of the crate, you need to allow him 10 minutes of high intensity exercise or play for every hour he was in the kennel. This means if your dog was at home for, let's say, the maximum of six hours, then when you let him out, you need to take him to the park to play fetch or go for a fast walk. Remember, this is high intensity exercise for 60 minutes or a whole hour. So six hours, 10 minutes for every hour, that's 60 minutes. Number seven, last but absolutely not least, is the bathroom rule. This one again is pretty obvious, but I'll mention it just to cover all our bases. It is important that you allow your dog adequate time to relieve himself right before and directly after being in the kennel, no matter how long the duration is or was. Two things I wanna point out here. The first is that you allow him adequate time. I know in the morning we're trying to get to work, we're in a rush, we're trying to get out that door, but you have to be sure that your dog has enough time to relieve himself both number one and number two before getting in that kennel. The last one that I want to point out here is that it's no matter how long the duration is or was, that's really important because even if you're going to say get gas in your car and you're only gone for 20 minutes, you want to build a routine and an expectation in your dog's mind so that he knows every time you come home and let him out of that crate, he's going to have a chance to go relieve himself. This means that in those longer stints of time where we get close to the maximum near six hours and he has to go, he's going to make more of an effort to hold it because he knows as soon as you get home, he's going to have a chance to relieve himself no matter what. 
So we want to build that expectation in his mind. So now that we have the basics of kenneling down, let's talk a little bit about which crate types are the best to get the job done, keeping in mind the real purpose of the crate in the first place. The first thing I want to get out of the way here is something that I think is going to surprise most of you, but I have a very good reason behind it. I do not support the use of wire crates. These are the most common type of crate, and unfortunately most unsuspecting dog owners get informed by less than educated store employees that these are the best to go with, and this can often lead to disaster, and I'll tell you why. Do you remember when we were talking about the cabin scenario and I gave you the option between the bedroom with the door and normal walls, or sleeping in the middle of the living room surrounded by glass walls with wood staring back at you? Well, the wire crate is the embodiment of the glass wall scenario. Think about it. The idea of the kennel is to give your dog a place to feel safe and less vulnerable in potentially intimidating environment, which is when you're not around, think two-year-old child left home alone. So giving him a crate that is open on all sides is going to do nothing for his vulnerability and only function to contain him, which fails a lot as well because separation anxiety tends to grow out of control. And this is when your dog gets to digging at the door and crying and trying to escape. And those wire crates are bent in more easily than you would think. So they do often end up failing to contain your dog as well. Another reason I don't like these types of kennel is for safety itself. As a veterinary technician, I have seen far too often escape injuries from anxious dogs that tried to chew on the side of the wire crate and got their jaw stuck in the wires. And it's just not a pretty sight. All kinds of things can happen with these wire crates when they actually get broken. These pieces of wire that stick out can cause lacerations and all types of things. So all in all, try to avoid these types of kennels. They just aren't worth the money or the hassle. So which crate is best? Well, my favorite crate is the plastic Petmate Ultra Vary. And no, I'm not sponsored by them to ease those skeptical minds. I really do use this brand myself. You couldn't pay me enough money to use any different crate. Really, any plastic kennel that mimics this style will do, but the Petmate has a few features that none others offer that I really like. Before I get into that, I just want to mention to you that you can see the difference here between a wire crate and the enclosed privacy these plastic style crates provide. This is what I'm talking about. They have windows on the sides and back for ventilation and peeking out, and of course the wire door in the front, which is the only open side that your dog has to monitor to stay safe, which mimics almost exactly what they would invent if they were feral in the wild. So some of the features I like about the Petmate in particular are the knob handle used to open the door. Some of the plastic kennels have that rounded knob that you twist, and I found that this mechanism more often than not fails after not too long by either getting stuck or falling off entirely, and I just don't trust that round style knob. Instead, the Petmate has those two pegs that are spring pressure that you squeeze together and the two bars are retracted. I think most of you are familiar enough with kennels that you know which one I'm talking about. Another feature I like about the plastic crates in general is the sturdiness of that wire door. Instead of that flimsy, cheap, thin wire that they use for the wire crates, the metal bars used in the plastic crate doors are nice and thick and sturdy, and also are checkered small enough that your dog's mouth will not be able to grab and therefore get stuck in should he choose to attempt to chew on it. The last feature I want to talk about real quick when it comes to plastic crates is what I call the inner moat. Petmate has this and... What it is is exactly what it sounds like. The inside floor of the kennel is raised and bordered by a moat, so if your pet does have an accident or if water spills, he won't be sitting in a swamp all day because it will all drain to the border of the kennel and away from your dog. Simple, 
but genius. One thing I do want to mention is that if you're going to go with the Petmate brand of Plastic Kennel, don't go with the Compass line. This is their newer line they came out with advertising more ventilation, and basically they just added windows on the bottom half of the walls on all sides, which creates two issues in my mind. Number one, the more obvious is they just took away the privacy feature that these style crates are best for. And number two is these openings are big enough that it could present a problem if your board pup wanted to sit there and start chewing or pawing at them. Then you get into that issue that the wire crates present with them injuring themselves, escaping, destroying the crate. And because these are plastic crates, they could actually start swallowing the pieces and you get yourself in some deep water there. So avoid that uh, new compass line that they came out with or any other plastic crate that presents this same type where it has windows on both the top and bottom half of the uh, plastic crate. So stick to the Ultra Vary if you're going with Petmate. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the saying, right? Some people like to buy the wooden version of these crates and those are just fine. I, I really don't see much of a difference in the design except that they aren't as light and portable as the plastic ones and they're definitely more expensive. When it comes to size, this of course is going to depend on the size and number of dogs that are going to be using the kennel. Most dogs will suffice with a crate that's 32 to 44 inches. The general rule of thumb here is that there should be enough room for your dog to comfor comfortably stand up, turn around, and lay all the way down without touching the sides of the kennel. Going too big just means the possibility of a potty accident here or there in younger dogs and maybe some potty training difficulties. Going too small, however, is a big no-no, and get your dog into the situation of having a poor quality of life. If he can't lay down all day or get stuck in one direction, think about being stuck in a cubbyhole for six hours, no bueno. So when in doubt, stretch it out. You can always get a store associate to help you with your decision, or of course, send us an email and we would be happy to help you find the perfect match for your situation. So where do you put this brand new crate that you've got? Location is important when utilizing the crate because you want your dog to get the proper experience from this kennel. So the location of it will depend on how it's being used. If your dog or puppy is going to be in there at night, then it needs to be in the bedroom. Now, I have a huge disclaimer that goes with this. I do not recommend keeping dogs or even puppies crated at night. Now, I understand this goes against most puppy raising books and classic dog rearing, but I personally think this is inhumane to keep your puppy crated all day while you're at work and then play with it a little bit when you get home and then back to the crate it goes all night. Like it's a toy that you put away when you're done playing with it. This is not the proper mindset when it comes to raising puppies and it's completely unfair to the animal in this situation. He's a dog with a growing mind that needs stimulation and a heart that needs comfort. And don't forget that these are group animals, which means that they have a basic need to walk together and sleep together to feel whole and included. They should never be sleeping in a crate when you're in the house sleeping. I'm not saying they have to sleep in your bed with you if that's, you know, isn't your preference, but they should at the very least have a place at the side of your bed uninhibited by walls so the sense of freedom exists when they're resting with you. I will get more into this when we do our puppy series coming up, but there's a better and safer way to have your puppy out of the kennel during the night. This time that you spend together, even if you're both just sleeping, is very important, and I'll show you how to do this during the puppy series. Anyway, when using the crate the way it was intended, which is a safe place for your dog to be and feel comfortable when he's home alone, 
is the best place for it is actually in the living room or common room that you, and if you have one, the family spends a lot of time in the evening before bed. This is usually where the TV is located as well. There are a couple of reasons why this is a better spot than in your bedroom. The first is because if you are properly performing the buffer time between the departure and arrival and the actual act of placing your dog in the kennel, we covered this in episode one when we talked about separation anxiety and how to put your dog in and out of the kennel appropriately, go back and check it out if you missed it. If you're doing this buffer timing right, then you know that your dog needs to see you that you haven't left the house once he's in the kennel. This means that if you lock him in the bedroom while you're finishing getting ready or eating breakfast in your 10-minute buffer, then you might as well have left the house right after putting him in the kennel. Another reason this is a great place for the kennel is because you want your dog to utilize the rooms of the house or apartment in the same manner that you utilize them to match that same quality of living space that you experience when you use your home. What I mean by this is that on a lazy Sunday when you don't have to go to work, you wake up in your bedroom and get ready, and then you may spend most of the day in the living room watching shows or playing video games. Remember I said on a lazy Sunday. Then at night, you will go back into the bedroom to sleep. We want the same usage structure for your dog. He will sleep and wake in the bedroom with you, and then as you go out to work, he will spend most of his day in the living room every day safe in his kennel. You can keep the TV on for him, and for more tips on keeping your dog happy in the kennel, refer to episode 1 where we cover the basics of these kennel tricks, like using the radio or the TV to create what we call a sound bubble. The last thing I want to say on the subject is that if you have another dog in the house that for some reason you do not kennel, and you are kenneling this dog or puppy only, then you want them to hang out together in the common space of the house. If, however, you do lock your dog in a different room of the house, then this is where the kennel needs to stay so that they stay together. This leads us to a very common question I get when I talk about this subject. Should I put both of my dogs in the same kennel, or should they each have their own? This is a great question, and unfortunately, it does not have a unified answer. The answer to this greatly depends on the situation you are in and the personality of your two dogs. And of course, if you have two Great Danes, this is a physical impossibility. And if this is your situation, please email me. I would love to hear how you managed to pick up all that poop in the morning. I'm guessing there's some double bagging going on. I digress. Anyway, back to my point on two dogs in one kennel. If you have two dogs that get along amazing with each other and have never had a single argument or fight, and you have a kennel that's big enough for the two of them to fit comfortably, remember, stand up turn around and lay down without touching the sides of it, then it's fine to use one kennel and they would probably prefer this. Just to be sure if you do this that they do get along because the last thing you want is for them to get into a fight when you are out of the house. And also if you're going to do this then do not allow any toys in the kennel or anything for that matter that may cause a possession argument. If you have a different situation, such as two dogs that may get along most of the time but would not appreciate being that close to quarters, such as a puppy and an older dog, or two very independent dogs, then it would be best to get two kennels and keep them right next to each other so they can look through the windows and make contact when they feel the need. How do I introduce my dog to the new kennel? This is also a good question that I get all the time, and yes, there is most definitely a right and a wrong way to do this. When you have a new kennel, loaded up with fluffy, comfortable blankets and a kennel pad. Dogs actually prefer it, like I said, when you 
wad the blankets up so that they can get in there and move them the way they want and dig around in them instead of folding the blankets perfectly to match the bottom of the kennel. That is what the kennel pad is for. So just toss the blankets in and put his food bowl either in the back or next to the kennel. And this is important, make sure you prop the door open so that it does not close on them when they are first inspecting the kennel. It is so important that you let them inspect it on their own and you do not close the door the first couple of times that they go into the kennel. You do not want them to immediately associate the kennel with the feeling of being trapped because this will defeat the entire purpose of the kennel in the first place. When introducing the kennel to your dog, it is important to keep in mind that this is his safe place where he can go for quiet, peaceful time to himself, especially if there are kids in the house. It's important to respect his kennel space and leave him alone when he's inside of it. And you can teach this to the kids as well. You will find that your dog will often retreat to his kennel for a little alone time or a quick nap, and he'll appreciate the space more when you do close the door. Well, that's it for today's episode. If you have any questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on the show, please email us at thedogdompodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to visit our website, thedogdompodcast.wixsite, that's W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com forward slash subscribe for more information about the show and links to any products we have discussed on today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a good tip or trick in the dogdom community. Hug a dog you love today and we'll see you guys next week.